guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Pink Cloud Nine podcast and show. Today we have a special guest, the one, the only author, Ira White. Hey, Ira, how's it going? It's going pretty good. I'm excited to have you here and to talk about your books. And uh, I love this uh, name of this book. We won't forget you, Mr. McGillicuddy. Love it. Where did that name come about? And tell us about this book. Well, the name came about as I was searching for a name that would be memorable. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was another part of the of the title that was my dad. He, he didn't want to be forgotten. Yeah. And I was taking care of him. He had Alzheimer's. Yeah. And that was his big thing. He just didn't want to be forgotten. So... Uh, back in my past, there was this name McGillicuddy mm-hmm. that was attached to a closet that when it opened, everything fell out. And uh, my mom used to call me, Mr. McGillicuddy, go clean your room up whenever mm-hmm. you know, I left a mess in there. So this is kind of how it came about is that's where I got the name from. And then the uh, wish of my dad not wanting to be forgotten. Absolutely. No, I mean, that is really, um, really wonderful, you know, to hear about bringing in from like the, the past into the present and the future, you know, so how, how long has this been work going on in your head? And when were you published? Like, how long was that process? Well, I started it before my dad died. And I started as a uh, short story about caretaking someone. Yeah. But um, I got into oh, three, four pages written, and then yeah. I couldn't write anymore. And it was like three weeks later, I hadn't written enough words. So I picked up a book I'd been wanting to read. I'm a Steinbeck fan. Mm-hmm. So I picked up uh, The Grapes of Wrath oh. and read that. And by golly, <laughs> uh, it just. When I finished that book, I got I just started writing like crazy. Mm. It just really got me going. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, the book that I wrote is written in a similar pattern and similar language to Steinbeck's because mm. Steinbeck used pretty simple language, and that's what I like to use the most. It's a lot more understandable to people. Absolutely, that is so. That's so interesting. So. Uh, tell us about the blurb, the summary of uh, this. We won't forget you, Mister McGillicuddy. It's um, there's a war vet, something like that. Yeah, we have a World War II veteran with dementia. Okay, he's being taken care of by his eldest son That's, Robert, uh, and Robert Karen has to take care of his eldest daughter, who's pregnant mm-hmm. and has a preteen and is being stalked by her ex. <laughs> a meth head okay and in the background you've got robert's uh he, he blows off steam by blogging on the internet and he's a really mm-hmm. radical blogger but he's not violent he's just radical sure. yeah. so in his past he pissed somebody off a long time ago okay. and they still remember it and they're still upset about it. so what has happened is this person has gotten a job as a manager for a security firm okay. contracted out to the NSA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And their first assignment is to find radical bloggers online. Oh, okay, okay. Well, 
we'll see. So you've got that working in the background, and then you've got the family in the foreground mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is being the family and dealing with all these different challenges that are coming up. I love that you mentioned the the dementia part of that and how, you know, um, so a little background about the Pink Cloud 9 term is, uh, Pink Cloud 9 is a recovery term for mental health and for addiction recovery, which I've been in for four years. I've been sober for four years and I've been um, take doing therapy and taking my medication for you know, bipolar, anxiety, PTSD, mild, um, but borderline personality disorder and whatnot. I don't even know. There's just like a list of stuff that, you know, um, even four years later, even four years later, I can still tell that there's just something that's kind of like not, you know, normal or whatever, which is fine. So it's not because a lot of people will say, well, you know, if you just eat right and exercise and sleep well, you'll get better. You everything will, you know, you won't be bipolar anymore, you know, and it's like, that's not how it works. No, (laughs) that's not how it works. So I wanted to, you know, give a shout out to the dementia, to the dementia uh, recipients or the community, like, you know, we love you. We 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 think about you. You know, we hope that you're doing well. And especially in this like COVID time, where like a lot of people are not receiving. For example, people that you know they're not seeing their loved ones as much as we used to visit each other. Right? It must be yeah. difficult. And um, from what I understand about dementia, is like one of the things that goes is like the memory there's a memory loss component yeah there's the memory loss um people are going to be somewhat surprised when they read uh the story about the uh how dementia progressed in in uh, gil mcgillicuddy which is a a lot how it progressed in my dad because i was really close and was you know since i was the caretaker i was able to see it Mm -hmm. and yeah. You just don't realize until you get into it. But yeah. the one thing that my family wanted to do, and we all got together on this, and that's what it takes. One person can't do it alone. Is we wanted to make sure that my dad did not go into any sort of an institution. And he never did. That's good. He died at home with his family around him. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, it was difficult. I'm not saying it's easy. Oh, it's difficult. But it was so much more satisfying than to have him uh, attended to by strangers and and mm-hmm. his last moments, no one around who loves him. And yeah. that was our goal, and we achieved it, and it was good. Yeah, it's it's a scary thought because um, you hear a lot of about elderly abuse and things like that in institutions, and so I totally respect and love that your father was able to be at home and, you know, stay at home. And then also I have a family member that took care of two married couple, a a married couple. So two people that had dementia at the same time. And my family, Uh mm -hmm, and my family member took care of this couple and I could just watch my family member be like really stressed, you know, stressed and 
sad about the situation because it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to do. Um, so respect, much love and respect. You know, um, yeah, well, good. The other part about this book that that's really important is, and it's it's really in the background through most of the book until you get to the end and your head starts spinning around on your shoulders because mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what what's going to happen. That's what everybody tells me happens at the end, and, and that's your information. Who has it, and what are they going to do with it? You know, this is the information age, and we have, we're under total surveillance all the time through our cell phones, our, I mean, cameras on the streets and microphones everywhere. Yeah. And what is this all going to lead to, you know? Mm-hmm. And basically, my thought was that, you know, somebody who wants to use the system to exact revenge, which is what this case is, can very easily do it if they're far enough into the system to be able to manipulate it. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should all be scared of that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, I had a moment a couple of years ago where I made the decision of going public versus uh, staying behind the the public, let's say, the Mm -hmm. curtain or the keyboard or the camera and um you know because because i could i knew that if i were to go public it's like you said we're under surveillance people are watching things are being recorded even just going down the street walking you know all the time so you know but i'm not scared i'm not scared like we do i worry every once in a while maybe but what am I going to do? This is what it has become. I mean, everybody is online now because of the whole pandemic situation. What are we going to what are we going to do like what would I do if I didn't have internet? <laughs> I don't know what I would do with myself cuz I ha- you know, when I'm not on here I'm watching TV or listening to well, music. It's not that the internet needs to be to, to go away for us to have security. Sure. It, that we need to put a, a lasso around it and, and keep it from from disclosing information that yeah. we don't want to have disclosed. And yeah. the other thing is that our government really doesn't need to know everything about us. Mm. And basically, our government is the corporations right now. And so yeah. that information is going to the corporations, and they're using that to sell stuff to us. And, mm-hmm. and in, in some cases, it's stuff we don't even need or want. Yeah. It's just the desire to buy that thing is put there by advertising and peer pressure and all the stuff that goes on in the society. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, it, and it, it, I'm at an age where I'm like, I'm not young enough to be uh, a millennial, but I'm not old enough to be like, I don't... Uh, you know, another generation. I can't even put the name to it right now. But, like, I'm kind of, like, stuck in the middle. I'm, like, on the one hand, um, I love online and digital era. And on the other hand, it's, like, but what about the social aspect, you know, of us talking face-to-face, right? There's also yeah. that aspect of, like, you know... <laughs> Because this Zoom thing where people are Zooming in meetings and, you know. But then they get to stay at home with their kids 
and making money at the same time. That's a plus. So again, there's a, a balance of belief for me. Like I believe not too much it's horrible or too much it's amazing. It's kind of just like in the middle. Like there's up, yeah. there's uh, positives and negatives to both. So yeah, you know. Well, there are. There are, but see, I'm I'm from the boomer generation. I just turned seventy, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot, and things have changed a lot since I was a kid, and they seem to be going faster and faster and faster. And my thing is, I I'm not a luddite. I don't say, well, let's go back to all the old stuff, and that's it. No, I'm I'm. What I say is, we need to examine the old stuff and let loose of what's not useful and keep yeah. what is. And we need to really, really look at all the new stuff before we implement it, before we it's widespread. We need to see what the social and the ecological and all these different impacts are going to be, psychological and sociological. I mean, there's there's like several different impacts that we need to, to know what it's going to do before we let this new invention loose on society. And, I mean, look what's happened. So many times we've let things loose and... And what do we got? We got a big pile of trash. Yeah. Uh, we've used up a whole bunch of our energy and our resources, and we aren't any better for it. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with you on that one for sure. For sure. So let's go back to the writing part. Okay. You're an author. How long have you been writing for, really? Like the first time that you wrote, like the a first story or a, a you know, poem, well, who knows? My writing is tied up with early reading. My mom said that when I was three, I attached myself to her leg and would not let go until she promised to teach me to read. (laughs) By the time I was five, I had read my first book, which was a book called Theirs is the Kingdom, Mm -hmm. and it was passed out by Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm. (laughs) My (laughs) dad saw me reading that. He let me finish it. And then he put a copy of Tom Sawyer in my hands. <laughs> cool. So I ha- I started reading early and I started writing early. I've been writing since second grade, second or third grade. I wrote my first poem back then. And I actually started a book, Diary of a Young Scientist, but I never <laughs> finished it. <laughs> That's so cool. I love so, it. I love it. I love it so much. Cool. All right. Well, um, tell us a little bit about, so you love to read, you love to write. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about uh, the hobbies that you might enjoy. About what? Oh, some hobbies that you might enjoy. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Wow. Geez, we're going to be here all day. <laughs> I have a lot of talents and that's one of my problems. I can draw. I can, uh, I have musical talents. I've actually written a couple of songs. My heavy talents are in writing, and I write poetry and essays and and novels and uh, just anything. Uh, The only thing I haven't written so far is a screenplay. Okay. Um, I'm also into fishing and gardening and photography, uh, just being out in the woods or outside. Okay. Um, Chess. I, I actually was in tournament chess for a while. I, I mean, everything's interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get into it a little bit, and then something else calls me. Yeah. So. <laughs> We're on the same page there, Ira. I'm the same way. 
Okay, so tell us where we can find your awesome books. Well, I have a list here. You can find my book on irawyatt.net. It's also on Amazon. And you can find some of my other writings. Uh, Medium, I'm under uh, Ira Lee White at Ira Lee. Mm -hmm. You can find me on Facebook, on Minds, on Prose, and I even have a couple of uh, videos on YouTube. Nice. All right. I'm going to check you out on YouTube, and we're going to talk about a screenplay. Right. A screenplay. A screen. I haven't done one yet. <laughs> no, but we're gonna let's let's talk about one because I want to con- not contribute like not contribute, but like I love filmmaking and movie making, and you know this film just dropped like this last week. So, and I'm the lead actress in it. So, I'm not like a I have dyslexia, so I'm not like a uh, the best reader writer, but I have ideas. You know, and, um, you know, and then we could just talk about screenwriting and just screenplay or whatever. And, uh, just to chat over coffee or something on zoom or something, you know, why not? Unless you don't want to. Well, <laughs> oh, I would be, I'd be up for it. There we go. Just chat. Just chat. Awesome. Cool deal. It was so nice to have you here and thank you for letting us know where to find your awesome books. The fabulous, the amazing, the cool author, Ira White, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for having me. Totes. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening and watching the Pink Cloud Nine podcast. We are here pretty much every day, sometimes three times a day. So, you know, come on back and, uh, you know, uh, be, be nice to each other. No cyberbullying. Be nice to other people, but also be nice to yourself. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. And, uh, you know, be good. Thank you.